At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on v the sports betting network. You have indeed found primetime action live from the South Point Hotel Casino. Good Wednesday to you. It is Gil Alexander. Adam Burke in for Matt Brown. Matt had a thing tonight, apparently. Couldn't make the show. So Adam, kind enough to join in and help us out for the next three hours. Uh, and that seat is in very good hands. Kelly Bidlin, of course, back from his vacation. Adam, good to see you, man. We've got some college football tonight. we got some basketball. we got some hockey. We have some tips and some face-offs here at the top of the hour. Yeah, definitely. Looks like it's going to be a great show for us here. Good to have Kelly back. Happy to be back on the show. And uh, once again, Gil, I know you and I have been in contact a little bit the last few days, but again, sending the best to you and your family. Thank you uh, so much. everything that's going on for you. And I really appreciate safe it. Safe travels you. next week as well. Thank you. Yeah, we got uh, the NHL back last night. I think we had one game last night. We got a few games going on tonight, although we do have several games on the ice that have been postponed, coming back off of the holiday break, off of the COVID break. And look, you know, Gil, you and I were talking about this a little bit before we started going here. You got the Devils and the Sabres tonight. Devils in that minus 125, minus 130 range is a favorite. Total of six in that one. Uh, Florida, a big favorite over the Rangers tonight. Then you got Nashville and Washington. But Look, coming off of a pretty extended layoff here, you know, I think it's very difficult to do anything tonight in the NHL. Andy McNeil with a good article over at vston.com. Make sure you're checking that out on a daily basis. But, you know, look, coming off of these COVID pauses, these holiday breaks, you know, I think it's, it, it's very dangerous to play on some of these games. Have you even considered betting any of them no, today? haven't even considered yeah. it. No, yeah. I don't blame you. How about the NBA? What about any of these? Yeah, the NBA, only one game canceled here so far tonight. Uh, it's a game between the Heat and the Spurs. That's the only one that's postponed. Uh, Knicks, an eight-point favorite. Total 214.5 here against Detroit. This is a total that's actually jumped up quite significantly uh, for tonight's action. Indiana, four-point favorite. Total 225.5 taking on the Charlotte Hornets. Clippers in Boston, interesting game here tonight with Boston, a six-point favorite, total of 210 in that one. Uh, the Lakers, they're on the road. They're a six-point dog against Memphis this evening. Atlanta and Chicago coming up here in a little bit as well. Gil, you know, the NBA, too, same thing. You know, with all the COVID, all so the guys tough. that have been in and out. Yeah. And, of course, too, you know, the NBA, as we know, pretty notorious for late-breaking news right before tip-off. So yep. that's something you always have to contend with, even without this illness going on. I assume it's been pretty light for you in the NBA lately. Oh, it has been as well. Of the of the recent days, absolutely. But of, of just in the season in general, I think I probably made fewer NBA bets. Kelly might say the same. Kelly, who's a big NBA better, the the least amount of NBA bets that you've made thus far? Yeah, it's uh, I, I mean, it's been... 
I would say, I, yes, it's been less than usual, but especially the past couple weeks, right? I mean, the past two, three weeks, it's really been dodging minefields and being careful with, you know, what games you're betting and who really knowing statuses of players, whether it's injuries or COVID situations, usually COVID situations with what we're talking about right now. Um, yeah, less, uh, but I do have a bet tonight. I, do, I am on the Grizzlies uh, a little bit at, at five, laying five tonight uh, with the Grizzlies. One, I wouldn't be... Uh, Opposed to hopping back in on live, actually, this evening. Lakers on the second end of a back-to-back here tonight in Memphis. Uh, Memphis, over their past 19, 19 games, uh, third-best net rating in the NBA. Playing some good ball right now with John Moran back in the lineup. Uh, they will be without Dylan Brooks, which will hurt them a little bit tonight. But uh, liking them, five and a half, six, not loving it. I played it small at five. Uh, have no uh, no uh, problems with jumping in live though on it more here tonight if it uh, if the Lakers start off hot. One uh, by the way, we will talk to Jonathan Von Tobel about the NBA a little later on this hour. The host of the Edge, co-host of the Edge, and Vicent senior NBA analyst. We'll also talk to Frank Schwab on the NFL. Bryant McFadden as well, former Super Bowl champion. You're never a former Super Bowl champion. You're a Super Bowl champion in perpetuity, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, good Super point. Bowl champion, Brian McFadden. Yeah, and we, we do have JVT in a little bit, but I do know he is on the Pacers, uh, which does tip off here shortly if anybody was interested in that. Uh, no Malcolm Brogdon for them, though, to this evening. All right, one final in college football earlier today. The Pinstripe Bowl, Maryland. All over Vatek, 54 to 10. They did so. Terps did so as four and a half point favorites. Uh, this is one that I, I was telling Adam before the show. I, I bet lightly and wish I had bet everything in the account on Maryland. Um, you were saying Virginia Tech just didn't want to be there. Yeah, Virginia Tech just didn't want to be there. They had several opt outs, they had several guys in the transfer portal, including their starting quarterback, Braxton Burmeester. And you know, look, I mean, it's interesting, too, because we talk about motivation in these bowl games and, you know, trying to figure out who wants to be there and, and who doesn't. We saw Nevada really no-show in the quick lane bowl against Western Michigan. A similar thing here for Virginia Tech. They lose their coach. They lose their coaching staff. They lose their starting quarterback. A complete no-show from them. But, of course, there will be some bowl game where we expect a no-show. Maybe, say, LSU in the Texas Bowl, yeah. where we expect LSU to not show up at all. And maybe they do. So the thing about motivation is we handicap it the best that we can prior to the game. But the reality is we we don't know for sure until we actually see that game kick off, see the two teams between the lines. And it was pretty evident from the jump here for Virginia Tech that they did not want to be there. So if you do have questions about motivation or maybe it plays out to the handicap that you expected – as you mentioned, live betting, a good opportunity to just kind of keep going in a game such as this. Totally. We have uh, one more kickoff later tonight. We'll talk about it a little later between Oregon and Oklahoma. Speaking of moving parts, my goodness, on both of these coaching staffs and on both of these teams in terms of opt-outs and other to-do in this game. But Oklahoma, seven-point favorite. Caleb Williams and the Sooners uh, in that one tonight. That's a 9.15 Eastern, 6.15 p.m. kickoff. We'll talk about bowl games moving forward. We have a trio of games tomorrow that obviously New Year's Eve day uh, and New Year's Eve itself with the uh, semis. We'll talk to Adam about that a little later on. Right now in the Cheez-It Bowl, always want to get the sponsors' names in, Clemson up on Iowa State in a riveting battle, 6-3. to three, But you have the under on this. So that feels pretty good for you right now with 127 left in the second quarter. Clemson trying to matriculate the ball down the field and add to the lead. Yeah, I'm good with a baseball score in this game, and, and I'm also hoping that Clemson winds up covering for your sake. I know you're on Clemson yep. minus two in this one. So I'll tell you what, 6-3 the rest of the way is is completely fine with me. I got to ask, Kelly, Gill, you guys like Cheez-Its or not really? I'm not into it. No? 
Ooh, good question. Yeah. I would say uh, the last time? I, would, I would say they're down the middle on the on the snacks power rankings. They're, they're, they're good once in a while, but well, you, know, not, you can't, can't go the to them all the time. What's the last time I had a cheese? It is really the question. I prefer a goldfish. How about that? I prefer oh, goldfish. Over. Yeah, Same I genre. goldfish too. Yeah. Well, now we need a goldfish bowl. And now we can just we can kind of stack rank the the power ratings for call the gold sponsor snack foods. Cheez-Its, I do believe, are one of those things. They're like cereal. When you go down the aisle, you're like, how many different Cheez-It flavors do you have? Because there's like 18 of them, and you're like, I don't I don't know if I want jalapeno, cheddar, you know, Munster. extra toasty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does every every drop back for Ooh and Galilee feel like you have no idea what's about to transpire, or yeah, is it just I, me? I feel like I'm watching Baker Mayfield. It's, oh, I can't, I can't wait to talk Browns with Adam. Adam, a lifelong Cleveland Browns fan. We have to have that discussion. Speaking of the NFL. Hey, those today, Cavaliers, though. What's that? I said, hey, those Cavaliers, though. Hey, those Cavaliers. Not without Ricky Rubio for the rest of the Ooh, year, though. Yeah, Tor ACL will be out the rest of the season. That news coming out a couple oh, hours ago. That's not good. That is not good. By the way, one NBA game postponed tonight, the Heats and the Spurs. Uh, Heat are short of the required eight available players. So that game is off the board now as uh, we just live in the strangest of all times. NFL, though, news today. Each and every day there's news. Adam Thielen of the Vikings, Adam, done for the season after ankle surgery. You could almost see it in his face over the weekend, like he knew something was terribly wrong. Yeah, that's a real bummer for the Vikings, too, because I know that they really force-feed Dalvin Cook, and I know he's got some pretty good numbers here on the season, but if you look at DVOA and some of the other metrics that are out there, Minnesota absolutely a better offensive team when they're throwing the football. Justin Jefferson's still going to get open because he's one of the best route runners in the NFL, but now Kirk Cousins doesn't have Thielen. You know, is it going to be KJ Osborne who winds up stepping up, who you know did a couple of weeks ago? Do they wind up using the tight ends a little bit more? You know, how do they sort of handle this situation? Uh, and, and by the way, I guess while we're talking about this game, something I can mention the late game here on Sunday night. Uh, shockingly, it's going to be cold in Green Bay what? on Sunday night. Oh, a lot right. of games with wind, a lot of games with some cooler temperatures this weekend. It probably goes without saying the calendar flipping over to January here, but before you lock in those NFL sides and totals, make sure you're looking at the weather forecast and see if that could be a factor in your handicap. It is that time of year. By the way, the Vikings did activate Dalvin Cook off the COVID-19 list, so that's good news for them. Chiefs activated Travis Kelsey off the COVID-19 list. Uh, hate to overrun the show with COVID reports, but that's what it's all about. The Raiders placed their tight end, Darren Waller, who had been out with injury. They placed him on the COVID list. Uh, Lamar Jackson returned to practice today, but moved with a pronounced limp per Jamison Hensley. Moved yeah, with a pronounced limp. And he posted this video. and uh, That doesn't look so you'll pronounced. See, you'll see when the coaches and trainers are moving faster, oh, yeah. faster than him. He's got him. a hitch. In a, he looks like an old man right there. Yeah, yeah. usually not a good sign when the, when the coach is uh, trotting faster than you. Wow. A little hitch in his giddy-up, I believe is the medical term. Jared Goff, who did not practice today because of a knee strain, considered day-to-day for the Lions. Uh, he was able to do some rehab work, but his status clearly in some doubt for Sunday. Saints activated 12, count them, 12 players from the COVID-19 list, including Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon, uh, plus uh, linebacker Demario Davis. Team placed Marcus Williams, their standout safety on the COVID-19 list as well. Panthers coach Matt Ruley, as Kelly tells us it's pronounced, uh, he announced that Sam Darnold will get the start this week. How about that, Perian Rappaport? You excited for the return of Sam Darnold? Can't be worse than Cam Newton, right? <laughs> it really cannot be. Clemson, by the way, closing set here, the 30 seconds left in the uh, half. They are going to get into, well, we just hit. We just saw them hit a 50-yarder, so I would call 48, I guess, field goal range, 28 seconds, but they got a new set of downs. So uh, 
one time out at their disposal. They're thinking more than just a field goal. And then finally, the Broncos, uh, they announced that Drew Locke is expected to be the team starter once again this week versus the Chargers. Broncos, six-and-a-half-point dogs in that game as Teddy Bear, Teddy Bridgewater, still continues to recover from a concussion, the team being very careful with that. Boy, I hope he's okay, man. That's uh, Whenever it's multiple weeks, you always worry. Yeah, for sure. And uh, look, obviously you worry too because Drew Locke looks – Pretty bad at the quarterback position right now. Of course, the Chargers coming off that loss to the Texans last week where they looked pretty bad, especially on defense. So that's an interesting game where, you know, I know Drew Locks looked really, really poor, but you've got a Broncos defense that's played extremely well. Vic Fangio is obviously a defensive expert, as we know. Six and a half looks a little bit big in that game so long as Drew Locke isn't turning the football over. I have a whole bunch of NFL questions to ask you how you feel about all these teams uh, projecting forward two weeks into the postseason. We will take a look at yes no's to make the playoffs AFC and NFC. We will do that next. Some interesting numbers, including Adams Cleveland Browns. And we should talk about the AFC North again and their prospect for that, which is an interesting number. Coming back on a Wednesday night from the South Point, Spieson's primetime action. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to VSIN's primetime action. Don't forget to sign up for a play card, debit, MasterCard. Get paid faster than paper check with direct deposit. Always be ready to roll with PlayCard. Visit PlayCard.com today to apply. Subject to card activation and ID verification. Terms and costs apply. Card issued by MetaBank NA member FDIC. Clemson just shanks a uh, a gimme field goal to end the half, and so uh, Clemson covers the first half over Iowa State six to three. And you're under. How can I put this? Trending nicely. Yeah, trending nicely. I uh, <laughs> I've had plenty of bad beats when it comes to unders, so oh, I'm not going to take this one for granted. College, but it definitely looks good. College football is. Uh, just run over by bad underbeats, that's for sure. Very fickle. Yeah, 6-3, Clemson at the half in that one. The Cheez-It Bowl. Um, Adam Burke alongside, uh, Matt Brown off tonight. Kelly Bidlin here as well. It's Gil Alexander. Let us talk some yes-nos in the AFC. Let's start there. Uh, yes-nos to make the playoffs. These courtesy of DraftKings, and uh, we will talk about the Cleveland Browns here, Adam. But we have, uh, we've taken the, 
the Titans, the number two, the current number two seed, and the number one seed Chiefs off the board here for the purposes of this graphic. The Bengals, who control their destiny in the AFC North. In fact, they win uh, this week. They are your AFC North champions. I believe that's true if they win this week. They're nine and six top. Obviously, they win out. They're also the champions. Uh, they got Kansas City, though, and they're dogs. They're four and a half point dogs at home against Kansas City right now at Cleveland to finish the season. The Bengals are minus 400 to make the playoffs, whether they win the division or not. Minus 400 to make the playoffs, 3-1 to one to miss it. The Bills' miss is on the board at 14-1. to one. Colts off the board completely as they control their playoff destiny. A win this weekend for the Colts. They have a playoff berth. Patriots, minus 2,000 to make it, 9-1 to one to miss it. They got a uh, favorable schedule, home Jacksonville at Miami. And then there is the case of the Dolphins, who currently are the number seven seed. Four to one to make it. Still a big dog to make the playoffs. That, of course, because of their schedule at Tennessee and home against New England. Is there anything on that board, Adam, that you like? Well, you know, I think Cincinnati is really interesting because, as we know, they're a five-point dog or thereabouts here this week against Kansas City at home. But I saw that Jeff Sherman over at the Westgate Superbook posted look-ahead lines for Week 18. And had Cleveland minus one and a half at home against Cincinnati in that week 18 matchup. So that's pretty interesting where the Bengals are a dog in both of their remaining games, but still minus 400 to make the playoffs because of all the tiebreaker situations, the different scenarios. And of course, look, I mean, one and a half. It's not like we're talking about a massive upset against Cleveland in that week 18 game. But that one's pretty interesting to me where a lot of things seem to have to go wrong for Cincinnati to not make the playoffs. So minus 400 looks pretty interesting to me. Again, even though they're a dog in both of those games, they still could kind of backdoor their way in based on what happens with the other teams around them. Yeah, by the way, just to clarify the Bengals, to win the division this week, they would have to have not only a win against Kansas City, but they would also have to have a Steelers loss to the Browns. Uh, let's go to the past the teams that are currently in playoff position. There might be some more opportunity here. The Ravens, Chargers, and Raiders all at 8-7. and seven. Only a line make-miss, yes-no, posted for the Ravens, plus 180 to make it. Minus 235, they're a favorite to miss it, are the Ravens. That has a lot to do with the fact that they host the Rams this weekend. Uh, and then there's, uh, then there's the ones at the bottom here, including your Cleveland Browns. First of all, Steelers 7-1 to one to make. They got, home games against, they got a home game against Cleveland and then at Baltimore uh, to close things out. The Brownies, your Browns. Plus 450 to make, minus 650 to miss at Pittsburgh, home Cincinnati. Now, you and I, we, we sort of, we didn't really talk about this off air, but we hinted at this, which is something that we talked about last night. The Browns to win the division, right? So it's plus 450 here to make the playoffs. But to win the division, you can find the Browns in some spots, we were hearing last night, as high as plus 650. And only four events need to happen for the Browns to win the division. They win out. They win at Pittsburgh. They win at home against Cincinnati. Very plausible. And then all they need is one loss by the Bengals and one loss by the Ravens in their final, in their respective final two games. Very plausible because, again, the Bengals are dogs against the, um, against the Chiefs this week and the Ravens, dogs against the Rams. So I ask you, Mr. Cleveland Browns fan, would you bet the yes-no or just go ahead and bet the division price? Well, I think the better play to make here instead of betting the yes-no because the Browns play on Monday opens up some more opportunities. You don't have to tie up this make-the-playoffs thing where the only way they can make the playoffs is if they win the division. So if Cincinnati wins on Sunday, the Browns have no hope of making the playoffs. The Browns don't play until Monday. So I don't think you need to tie your money up if you think that they're going to make the playoffs with that plus 450 price. 
I would wait and do a money line rollover. You got them a minus 170 or so favorite on Monday night against the Steelers. They'll be probably a short favorite in that game against Cincinnati. We're talking about a money line rollover price somewhere in the plus 480 or so range. So that's a little bit better than the make the playoffs number anyway. And you don't have to go out there and bet it before knowing Sunday's result between the Bengals and the Chiefs. So I think you can exercise some patience here with Cleveland, at least in terms of making the playoffs. If Cincinnati loses on Sunday, that division price will go down a little bit because the Browns are a favorite on Monday Night Football. So I think the money line rollover is the way to look to go, but you need that Cincinnati loss on Sunday for that to be a possibility. And, of course, the Ravens' loss as well. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you get get both of those losses, that number will plummet for sure because then they'll only need the the win out. Then they will will literally – it's amazing. The Browns by Sunday night – just look at these standings. They're two back – of the Bengals with two teams in between them with only two weeks left. And by Sunday night, the Browns could control their own destiny. Right. That's unbelievable to have that kind of scenario. It absolutely is. And, and furthermore to that end, I know that there's been some sharp money on the Browns that has pushed that number up on Monday night as they've gotten healthier. They've gotten guys back from the COVID list. Pittsburgh obviously doesn't look very good, but the thing of it is, At this point in time, I wouldn't touch Cleveland for that Monday night game because if Cincinnati upsets the Chiefs on Sunday, the Browns have nothing to play for the rest of the way. Yeah. So that line probably ends up coming down because Cleveland will, I mean, they've been demoralized enough the last three weeks, but that's a situation where they have nothing to play for after that. So they're going to need some help on Sunday, and that will probably dictate what happens with Monday's line and also how invested the Browns are in that game. I stray more with the Browns just because we, we want to take advantage of the fact that you're so locked into this team. But uh, Baker Mayfield set to make $18.5 million in his fifth season next year. After that, though, the Browns, for after that, I should say, the Browns have a tremendous decision to make, which is what Washington had to decide with Kirk Cousins, which is what Dallas had to decide with Dak Prescott, which is what the Rams had to decide with Jared Goff. On and on. What do you do? What is your opinion? Have you seen enough of him to know already? You know, I've seen enough of him to know that his ceiling is slightly above average. And I think, obviously, this year he had the injuries. But if you look at this wide receiver room, it's bad. I mean, Jarvis Landry's a pretty good route runner, but Donovan Peoples-Jones is very hot and cold. They don't have a whole lot of options at the wide receiver position. If they're able to draft a Chris Olave or somebody like that, whatever the best receiver is available when their first-round pick comes around, and you give Baker a legitimate weapon on the outside – I think you can evaluate him next year and then sort of make that decision depending on how things go for next year. So they're actually in a position to exercise some patience. I don't know if he can win a Super Bowl. I think he's, like I said, slightly above average at his best. That's the killer but, question, though, isn't it? Right. Like, that's it the is. thing. That's what, And that's exactly why Washington decided they couldn't win a Super Bowl. There are probably other reasons, too. Maybe we're not up to snuff elsewhere on the roster. But if you can't win a Super Bowl, do you want to throw, you know, in the area of $100 million, either north or south of that, depending on you know when in history we're talking, now it would be north of that. Do you want to throw that at somebody who you're not really sure can actually get you to the promised land? Sure, you can be good, but can you ever be great? And that's such a what a what a what a cruel question, you know, coupled with the cruel economics of it that an NFL team has to decide. Right, absolutely. And and look, I mean, the thing of it is. What are their other options? You know, I mean, Russell Wilson appears to have regressed quite significantly. And I know he had the hand injury this year. There are a lot of questions about him. Do you take on a PR nightmare into Sean Watson? Is that something that you do? Because we know that Watson's a massive upgrade over Baker Mayfield, but 
you know, do you want what comes along with that? You know, and, and obviously if you draft a quarterback, well, then you're looking at probably a two, three, four year turnaround when you have a roster built to win right now. So the Browns are in a very difficult situation. And, and as crazy as it sounds, I mean, like I, obviously as a player, Deshaun Watson would be the best option. But I, I think for right now, they have to stick with Baker, try to surround him with a little bit more talent at the wide receiver position, and then see how it goes next year. Anything else on that yes-no AFC playoff board that, that you liked? We didn't mention the Broncos were at the bottom there, 33-1, to 1, I believe, to make the postseason. Anything else? I mean, I, look, you know, I, I think that you could, and they're not on the board right now because they're currently holding that seven seed, but, I mean, the way that the Dolphins are playing, you know, especially defensively, I know that they haven't really beaten anybody of consequence, and they are a three-and-a-half-point dog here this week against Tennessee, but that's a very interesting team. Very well coached under Brian Flores. They've figured it out on offense with that Tua and Jalen Waddle connection. They're a pretty interesting team as we go down the stretch here. Well, I'll ask you what I what Matt and I and Kelly were uh thrown around yesterday if the Dolphins do somehow beat the Titans and the Patriots is Brian Flores your coach of the year yes I think he has to be so many paths for so many coaches I think if Rabel I think if Tennessee beats Miami and then Tennessee wins the last week gets a number one seed with Kansas City yeah. losing to Cincinnati I think you can make a case there another discussion for another day we'll it's come one, back it's one of the most fascinating betting markets yeah. like every year it's I incredible it. and 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 then why is Matt LaFleur plus 150 and Andy Reid is 80 to or 60 to 1? Like that there's no world where that makes any sense. But that's where we are. We'll come back. We'll do the NFC. Yes, no to make the playoffs. It's next. It's Vison's primetime action. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Save 50% off a VEASAN all-access subscription for the rest of football season with our big game special. Get access to our in-depth matchup analysis, trends and picks for every game and sport on the schedule, including our exclusive betting splits, showing you where the money's going on every game. Sign up today. You also get our daily best bet emails, weekly betting guides, 24-7 video, plus our college bowl betting guide covering every bowl game for only $39 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Or Adam, as I like to say, every bowl game that's actually going to get played at this point. Uh, five cancellations thus far, two other games where we've had a substitution. Everything got played today, though. Well, let me not say that too too loudly. I guess with one more game, with one more game coming uh, in a little more than uh, an hour and a half. But yeah, nothing yet anyway today, so we're good. Uh, you and I we're supposed we're we're going to talk NFC yes no playoffs, but we spent the break really talking more about coach of the year which, as Kelly said right before the break, I think is, is one of the more fascinating markets because we talked about, all right, all the scenarios. Brian Flores wins two. Miami wins nine in a row after going one and seven. They're making the playoffs because they already control their own destiny. Brian Flores ought to be the coach of the year. If Mike Vrabel beats the Dolphins this week, the Titans beat him, and the Titans win out, but the Chiefs lose to the Bengals this week, didn't Mike Vrabel at 12-1, to 1, by the way, Flores at 22-1 to 1 at DraftKings, didn't, didn't Mike Vrabel overcome the most to become the number one seed? Not just a playoff team, not just a division winner, but the number one seed without 10 weeks of Derrick Henry, without you know a month of A.J. Brown, uh, without Julio Jones most of the time, even though Julio Jones might not matter. Um, does Frank Reich deserve it? I mean, they won a game against the Cardinals this week without 80% of their offensive line, without their best defensive player in Darius Leonard. And so what I was saying yesterday, I'm curious your thoughts is, this market is more interesting based on who's not even on the list. Andy Reid, as I mentioned, is 60 to 1. What world is Matt LaFleur plus 175 and Andy Reid 60 to 1? The one game we saw without Aaron Rodgers, the Packers got crushed. 
Uh, what world is Nick Sirianni supposed? Uh, what are we talking about? These eighty to one, the job he's done in Philly. What about Sean McDermott? The, the Bills might win the AFC. Is there? He's a hundred to one. What is this? Yeah, no, and and the thing of it is too is not only do you have to handicap the playoff races and handicap the teams, you have to handicap the voters and think about what they're going to do. What's going to make yes, you know, the easiest story. What's going to make the best story? You know, all that kind of thing. And, you know, look, I mean, name that you didn't really mention too much, there's Zach Taylor, who's plus 750 right now. Totally. If the Bengals beat the Chiefs this weekend and then, of course, wind up winning the AFC North, I mean, one of the things that we've seen historically with this award is it usually goes to a coach who leads a big turnaround for a team. Last year it was Kevin Stefanski, where the Browns were god-awful and have been god-awful almost my entire life, but he gets them into the playoffs. (laughs) And so you wind up winning coach of the year because of that. Zach Taylor takes a Bengals team that, you know, wasn't particularly good the last few years, gets them to the playoffs, wins a division where everybody's got a decent record. I mean, I don't know if any of those teams are good necessarily, but everyone has a decent record. And he beats the Chiefs this weekend to, you know, really cement his place atop the AFC North. Taylor's number is going to plummet if he winds up winning this weekend. So is that one that you maybe want to grab? So that I think that is a spectacular point. It's almost like... It's almost like instead of betting the Bengals to win the division, instead of betting them to make the playoffs, obviously, that you bet Zach Taylor by proxy, thinking to yourself, if you think this now, if you don't think this, obviously different story, but if you think Bengals winning AFC North and specifically winning this game this week against the Kansas City Chiefs, and then I guess beating the Browns. If, if you feel like they're going to win both of those football games, you should just bet the Zach Taylor plus 750. Or, or at least you got to sprinkle, right? Or at you, least you got to sprinkle. You at least got to sprinkle. Yes. I'm with you on that. You at yeah. least got to sprinkle it. Because, Adam, you're right. I mean, if they beat the Chiefs, which, by the way, I like them plus the points, I would not be shocked if they won. I know Matt feels differently. He's all over the Chiefs. But, like, to me, this is an awesome football game. Where, again, if you go through it, who's got the better wideouts? Bengals. Who's got the better running back? Bengals. Um, maybe you'll say Mahomes is better than Burrow, but certainly not off the charts better. They got the better tight end. We'll give them that. But I'm just saying they could they could really match him pound for pound in this. And so I think that's a great call. Because that's why Stefanski won it last year, right? Yeah. As you said. No, absolutely. And look, it's not to go way off topic with a completely different sport, but you think about college basketball futures and you think about trying to enter the market with some of those. I'll try to pick off a team before they play a marquee game because I know if they win that game, they're going to chop, you know, six, seven, eight dollars off of that yeah. price. You know, if, if a, a team, you know, like, let's say Texas Tech plays, you know, Baylor or something like that, and all of a sudden Texas Tech is pretty live in that game, well, if they win that game, their futures price is going to drop. So you kind of want to project that out a little bit too and try to get the best of the number that you can and kind of jump in there before you lose some of that line equity because they're probably, if if the Bengals beat the Chiefs this weekend, there's no value at that point in betting Zach Taylor because he's probably, what, 3-1 three to one plus 350, that something is, like that? That is what all good futures betting and awards betting is, right? Getting ahead of where you feel the number will go. Let's, let's look at the uh, yes-nos for the NFC playoff picture. We've eliminated the five teams that have already clinched. The five teams that we really earmarked two and a half months ago were locks to make the postseason. The Cardinals, the Rams, the Cowboys, the Packers, and the Buccaneers. Packers, obviously, the number one seed currently. Then we go from six down to 10 here on this page. Niners and Eagles currently in. Both of them, minus money, minus 300 on the Niners to make the playoffs, minus 250 on the Eagles. You see their remaining schedule right there. You see their missed playoff prices. And then it flips with the Vikings, Falcons, and Saints. The Vikings at six to one. 
By the way, are those numbers on the Saints correct there at the bottom? The Saints at plus 150 to make, largely because of that schedule, right? And getting everybody back from the COVID list or getting 12 players, including Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon, which we talked about earlier. Saints have the Panthers and at Atlanta to finish. So their number in the 10th position at 7-8 and eight is far shorter than that of the Vikings, who still have to travel to Green Bay this weekend, and the Falcons, who still have to travel to Buffalo and then play the Saints. By the way, I love that the Falcons are still on the uh, NFC playoff picture board. <laughs> they, they will not die. I think I've said it every week of the year, but like this is the worst seven and eight team I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Unbelievable! I told you, like before the season started, we had the uh, we had the Veasan uh, Pro Football Betting Guide, and we were all asked who are our wild card teams, and I threw the Falcons in as a wild card team. Oh, and every me time, too. And, yeah. oh, you did too. Me That's too. right. Yeah. And every time we look at this, we feel like we're we're such geniuses. We're like, yep, <laughs> there they are. It's not that just long. like I said. No, it's what you said at the beginning. Yeah. I'm so amazed they're somehow even <laughs> on <incredible>. this graphic. <laughs> It's just going, but if they get there, we're going to be like, yeah, I told you it would happen. No problem. Uh, do you see a bet you like here at all? Six to one on the Vikings. Can I interest you in that? Not without Adam Thielen. Ooh, I, yeah. I think if they had Adam Thielen and they would have had more of a chance here in this game against Green Bay, because look, I mean, obviously they're going to be a, a pretty significant favorite against Chicago in week 18, but they are a six and a half point dog here to Green Bay in a game where, as we talked about in the first segment, uh, the weather looks pretty uncomfortable for a dome team like Minnesota. It's very hard to envision the 49ers missing the playoffs to me. So I think at minus 300 there, that definitely makes some sense. They'll beat Houston this week, or at least they absolutely should. I'm sure people said that about the Chargers last week, too. Uh, the Rams. And the Titans before that. The Rams may be in a position to not play a whole lot of guys in week 18. And that's something you need to think about here, too, particularly with a team like the Eagles. You know, do you get that full Dallas Cowboys roster in week 18? Furthermore, do you trust the Eagles to beat a Cooper Rush led? you know, Dallas team where we saw Cooper rush play pretty well earlier on in the year against Minnesota. I don't trust so, the Eagles to be Washington this week. Right. Yeah. Neither do I. I, yeah. I, I uh, frankly, I mean, is, is plus 200 on the Eagles to miss the playoffs a good bet. I've, I've seen worse bets. That's for sure. Yeah. That I, I might so be my favorite bet on this board. By the way, Jimmy Garoppolo, for those wondering, uh, he is quote confident unquote that he can play this week now. So we may not get the Trey Lance single wing. I, I can't imagine. Like, why would you use him this week against Houston? Yeah, I'm with you on. I'm with you on that. And, like, and furthermore, like, if you run into a Rams team that's not playing anybody in Week 18, maybe you can steal two weeks off with Garoppolo. Ooh, I think you guys are playing with fire. You think so? I do, because I just think Trey Lance. You, I mean, really, you're just gonna be, hey, Jimmy, you sit this one out. We're gonna go with the kid. <laughs> it's like, I for what do you mean for our whole season? Yep. All right, all right, but is it one of those? Would you say the same thing if the Chargers didn't lose to them last weekend? Well, they beat the Titans. It, it has less to do that. I mean, the, first of all, the Texans won that game without Brandon Cooks. <laughs> Guess they might point that out. Uh, but Houston also beat the Titans, you know, sort of miraculously also. And we, we Kelly and I sort of are amused because Matt has his favorite bet of all time is this Texans season win total under, which he got at five and a half and five. And we're just dying that it's not. <laughs> it's, it's, like not, not it's not locked in <laughs> it's yet. It's not oh, locked in. Man. But I think if you're the Niners, by the way, this applies to that survivor discussion we had yesterday. Again, the five remaining entries at a 4,080 in, in Circa, two of them have, two of the remaining five have the Niners available. And so you would think, oh, yeah, well, we got to take the Niners. But if Jimmy G didn't go, and again, he says he's confident he will now, like, can you, can you risk your survivor entry on Trey Lance? I would ask those two people the same thing. You know, I don't know. Uh, so let's say Garoppolo's ruled out. Or let's say it comes out that he's not going to start and maybe be used in emergency fashion. What's that number? Where, where does that number come down to? 
Like, what's the difference between Garoppolo and, and Trey Lance, given that we don't really know a whole lot about Trey Lance? Well, didn't it go from, like, 15 to 13 or something like that? So, I mean... Yeah, 12, a lot of 12 and a halfs out yeah. there. Yeah, so you're like... You, so are you, you splitting the difference? Is it nine and a half, ten with Lance? I don't know. I think it's already... Yeah, maybe it drips down maybe, to something like that. Yeah. I would imagine it would have to go down a little more. I mean, if you're in a position... And I fully realize it's Trey Lance. I totally get I, I it. I bet it's nine and a half. I bet if, you it's under ten. If you have a ten-point favorite and you're in a position to win six million in week 17, like... You got to take the 10-point favor, right? <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> what could possibly go wrong in that? Uh, we'll come back. JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel, the NBA next. Primetime action from the South Point. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcasts. Catch replays of all our shows or download and listen on your schedule. That's what podcasts are all about. Go to VSIN.com slash podcast. Get Beating the Book with me, Gil Alexander, or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers with JVT, the Lombardi Line. Follow the money, coast-to-coast hoops, and many more. They're all free and available now at VSIN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Gil Alexander, Adam Burke in for Matt Brown. Kelly Bidlin here as well. Let's talk some uh, baloncesto. That's Spanish for basketball, everybody. With Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA analyst, co-host of The Edge here at VEASAN, JVT. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm well. I'm well, guys. You know, it's an interesting time in basketball, put it that way, with so much anarchy going on with these rosters. Can I ask you one football question before we get out of it? Because it just came up on the screen right on this crawl, and I, and I was like, oh, this is a... Uh, uh, I guess I'm supposed to ask JVT this about your Indianapolis Colts. People don't know you're an Indianapolis Colts fan. And they just show that Frank Reich, uh, I'm sure you saw this. Frank Reich actually reached out to Phillip Rivers uh, to step in in case of Carson Wentz not being able to play, I suppose, because of his uh, unvaccinated status. And if it didn't go from 10 to 5, if he didn't clear in five days, whatever the case may be, uh, nothing came of that. But I'm curious what you as a Colts fan thought of that. I mean, you got to have somebody to just kind of execute the offense. If you watch Sam Ellinger in the preseason, it was a lot of uh, not very great stuff. And that's against non-scheme defenses. Don't really care. Uh, I think in these high leverage situations against the Desert Raiders team, it'd probably be pretty bad if Ellinger's going to be out there. They need somebody at least can throw the ball and knows what's going on from a playbook standpoint. So I didn't hate it, but, you know, it doesn't look great if Wentz isn't going to be out there. Put it that way. You feel good about your Colts in the playoffs? 
I do. I actually, I got a ticket on them, Gil, 40 to 1 to win Me the too. AFC. Yep, yeah, like they're they're a good team, man. And if, if Wentz is going to be out there uh, and that offensive line, remember, you know, Carson, or excuse me, uh, Jonathan Taylor, he's great and he deserves some of this MVP chatter that he's getting. But remember, right now he leads the league in yards before contact, right? Like he's he's been incredible because that offensive line has been good. And as long as that offensive line is healthy and that run game is executing at a high level, I, I think they can beat any of the teams in front of them. Okay, so back to basketball now. What do you what do you do with with this league right now, John? Do you find yourself betting less than normal? Do you find yourself finding opportunities where you might not otherwise have? How's this going for you? You know, it's it's been surprisingly going okay from a result standpoint, right? When everything is said and done, and you know the wagers are in. Uh, but I will say, you know, like you, you wager a little bit less, uh, you get a little bit more tentative when it comes to betting some of these games uh, because you don't want to sit there and bet on a contest and all of a sudden have somebody not really ruled in. You know, I got lucky last week. I bet on the Minnesota Timberwolves against Utah Jazz and Carl Anthony Towns two hours before the game gets ruled out because he's on the COVID list. Ultimately, they actually stayed within the number still, even even the closing number. So uh, obviously you get lucky in certain results there. But I think you just you, you shrink down the unit sizes if you're betting pre-flop like I tend to do, Gil. And I think you're very, very tentative and you're 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 more willing to bet closer to tip off uh, when you know these rosters are close to if not locked in as opposed to betting early in the morning even though some of these overnights can be pretty juicy because you can get some pretty good numbers if you're betting early now something i'm kind of wondering about here jvt is as you said you got a lot of moving parts you know guys are getting signed to emergency 10-day contracts and all that different sort of thing we, we talk all the time in, in the NFL about when guys are out, what they mean to the point spread, all of that. Is that something that you worry about in terms of what, you know, the guys that are missing are worth to the spread, what they're worth to their team? How do you sort of factor all that in? You know, it's, I think it's, it's tough, Adam, because, you know, we're not seeing like one guy, right? Like we're not seeing just Carson Wentz getting ruled out. And then it's, Hey, it's Sam Ellinger. If he's out there, the Colts probably be a one and a half point favorite, right? It's four or five guys. I think it's the, uh, the Hawks that's got 12 guys on the COVID list right now, or like, you know, out because of some sort of ailment and or COVID situation. So like that's an entire team. Now that you have to really factor in for the most part as to what is handy, you know, what's happening uh, with your numbers and how you power rate them and the replacement players that are taking their shots. So it's for me, that's been the most difficult part. I have, tended to stay away from the games and it's pretty much all of them uh, that have COVID issues to, to a large extent, right? You know, if there's certain matchups where I'm talking about one or two missing key players, then you could deal with it. Like the Clippers today, for example, they got a couple of guys on the COVID list. They have more guys actually dealing with real injuries as opposed to COVID illnesses, but it felt comfortable handicapping that because I knew the rest of the squad that was going to be out there as opposed to some of these other teams that are average like six, seven guys on the COVID list. And now you're factoring in multiple replacement players that are playing minutes near the end of these games or in these bench minutes. Something I try to take advantage of in college basketball, you know, when a point guard's out, I expect the team to kind of play a little bit slower maybe because they don't have that guy who's the facilitator and the floor general. Meanwhile, if one of the big guys is out, I kind of expect them to play a little bit faster because they don't have to worry about that guy tiring out. Have you noticed any of these NBA teams with maybe some pace or tempo changes based on who's in and who's out? And has that helped you with the totals market? You know, I haven't noticed a massive change with a lot of these guys. I think when it comes to the NBA, right, in, in college basketball, when those games are, are a little bit more, uh, it, like, they're very reliant on certain guys, right, when they're in and out of the lineup. For example, you know, your point guard, I would assume things tend to slow down, not only because the point guard's out, but because then the coaches start to coach a little bit more, right? And then it becomes a little bit more of a slog because they're always looking at the sideline, what play it is, whatever it is, you know, situationally with that. I think with NBA guys, they tend to be able to still run these offenses. Transition is still extremely 
extremely important in the ABA. So even if like lead guards around, you know, you don't get a massive change in terms of the tempo. And I haven't seen anything crazy in terms of adjustments or changes. You know, coaches have their systems and, and in the NBA, at least from what I can tell, the systems are the systems and they're going to run them and numbers are going to be similar, at least in terms of pace and things like that as they go on, even without some of these guys in the lineup. Okay, so last question on this because you do have two plays and we want to get to them, but I don't want to I don't want to belabor this further. But there, there I am. I am fascinated by this. So within those systems, because your point is well taken. Okay, coaches aren't really changing that drastically. Have you noticed that the let's say some new signings? Uh, have you noticed anything around the league where you're like, oh, these these guys are actually really actually pretty competent? Or the opposite of that, have you noticed any signing or group of signings where you're like, oh my my goodness, if this if there's a lot of playing time for these guys, this team is going to be a disaster. You know, I think that the most obvious example of that one, Gil, and I think it would be a disaster, uh, it's going to be the Toronto Raptors because I know we all saw Cleveland, right, beats them up by 45 points the other day when they're playing essentially with an entire replacement roster. Uh, there's actually a great anecdote. I don't know if you guys uh, saw this, but uh, that Nick Nurse, right, when they finally get everybody together for Toronto and they finally get a film session, it's not on the opponent. It's about their new teammates that they're watching film on so they can oh, learn the tendencies uh, of these guys that they're playing with. And the result has not, the result was not good for the Toronto Raptors. And I would say, especially when you're talking about these teams that are essentially signing rosters of guys, right? Like, you know, it's an exaggeration, but four or five replacement players, those are the teams that I think you're going to look to potentially play against. But here's a good example, right? Because, you know, all these things are always factored into the number. So the Utah Jazz guys are 100% vaccinated, right? So they actually one of these rare teams that haven't been dealing with anything. Their only injury tonight is an actual injury. It's Donovan Mitchell. They're on a six-game win streak right now, but they haven't covered any of those games because these numbers are extremely high that they're putting out there. Now, from a roster standpoint, it's really good because the straight-up results are out there. But from a cover standpoint, the results haven't been there because these numbers are so high because of the market, I think, is kind of overreacting to a certain extent because they're so healthy and because they're so lucky with all of these COVID absences. All right, JVT, we got a couple minutes here. Uh, you do have a couple plays tonight, pre-flop in the NBA. Would you like to share those with us, please? Yeah, and you know, common thing too is again, you know, not that many COVID absences, uh, if any, on these sides. And in both of these games, you can kind of feel comfortable, at least in some of the numbers. But you know, right now, uh, I laid two and a half for the Pacers, so it looks like a bad number. They're down by uh, eleven to the Charlotte Hornets, but have faith that they'll be able to get back in this one because it's the NBA and it's still the first half. Uh, but the other is that. The Charlotte Hornets are the second worst defensive team in the NBA in the month of December, the second worst defensive team in the NBA this year. It's been amazing. They've been able to get away with some of these covers, given how poorly they played on the defensive end of the floor and how poorly they are within four feet of the basket. So I have to win by three or more there with the Indiana Pacers and then took six uh, with the Los Angeles Clippers in kind of a buy low spot Uh, up. I think 19 to 14. I've gotten my screen right now, but with the, with the Clippers guys, Paul George's loss in the big picture, I think it's it's a very big deal, especially the ripple effects, right? All of a sudden, if this team is under 500 by a certain amount, does Kawhi Leonard push himself to come back? All of those things, yada, yada. Uh, but in the smaller sample size, you still have some competent role players there. Serge Ibaka, of course, is a really solid defender when he's out there. The Justice Winslow as well. Their defensive rating improves with those two on the floor. You still have some competent offensive players like Luke Kennard and Marcus Morris. So it was just kind of a buy low on a team uh, that is taking on an incompetent Boston squad that lost the other day to, we talk about replacement players, uh, I think it was Greg Monroe the other night to play 25 points for the Timberwolves, and they ended up beating the uh, Boston Celtics. The Celtics had some real issues and a little over uh, overinflated number there, so it took six with the Celtics or excuse me with the Clippers. Yeah, it could be a good uh, live spot to jump into on the Pacers here right now. The yeah. uh, the Hornets are shooting 62 percent with seven minutes remaining in the second quarter. So, uh, like John said, not one of the best defensive teams in the league, and I I'm gonna bet that they don't shoot 62 percent for the entirety <laughs> of this game. <laughs> You're gonna, gonna go with that. Uh, all right, JBT, appreciate it. By the way, did you? Say 
say you had the Colts to win the AFC at 40 to 1 or the Super Bowl? The uh, AFC at 40 to wow, 1. Wow, nice. Yeah. I had 40 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, but that is nice. When did you get that? Really early, I would uh, imagine. Yeah, I think we want to say like uh, six weeks ago or so. Yeah, something like that. We had 40 to 1 over at MGM. They were offering it, and they moved it that day to 18 to 1 right after. I was like, oh, man, good thing I got in right at the gun. Beautiful. Titans or Colts get there. I'll be quite happy. Thank you, JVT. Appreciate it, man. Good to talk to you, Gil. Thank you. You too. Jonathan Von Tobel at me, JVT, on Twitter, our senior NBA analyst, and of course, co host of The Edge with humans. The man has a Colts logo woven into his wallet. Okay. He probably had that ticket. Is that right? He probably had. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's got a Colts wallet. Yeah. He is a Colts and an Angels fan. Yeah, I guess what, when you grow up in Vegas, you got you got to figure some stuff out. You get your out, choice. Right? Yeah. You get your choice of teams. Right. Is that what happens? Interesting. Power rankings next, Gil. Guess what? Four different versions, four different number one teams. Oh, we got Matt's with us? Yep. Oh, nice. Coming back. VEASAN's primetime action. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.